If you're going to be running races pretty soon, you might want to consider the lines you get in and if you want to talk to somebody. Yeah, go into the race, you know, prepared. And part of that preparation is porta potty strategy. What is it? The three P's, you know, <laughs> prepared, pace, and porta potties. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Lauren Statema, and I'm a big-ass runner, originally from Washington State, but now enjoying the mild winters of North Carolina. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world, including Latvia. We're huge in Latvia. And now, here are your inspiring, wise, and ruggedly handsome hosts, Jeff Harrell and Stephen Pritt. Well, thank you, Lauren. Stephen ruggedly handsome he had to have been talking about you probably well i don't think he's actually looked at instagram and seen <laughs> us so we will take that as a compliment big time big time yes and yeah thank you lauren so much lauren's awesome been listening for a while great follow on instagram but uh, great job and you know what thanks for shouting out to latvia they they do love us there we are big and we have successfully dethroned david hasselhoff off of latvia we have <laughs> When Lauren said that, I think there's a, a almost audible roar from Latvia of excitement. Yes, all our, all of our listener was our whole listener our screamed whole out. Listener screamed out in his home. So yeah, thanks so much, Lauren. Well, welcome to the Big S Runner. I'm Jeff Harrell, and I'm Stephen Print. Stephen, this is episode number thirty-four. Wow, I can't believe it. <laughs> thirty-four came right after thirty-three. I know. You know what's going to happen next week, Jeff? There might be thirty-five. I think so. If we keep on going, you know, this this math thing is starting to make sense now. I think we can successfully fire the data scientist now. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited about the show. We've got a lot of great things planned, Stephen. First, by popular demand, this is one of the uh, I think our more popular segments. It's called. Steven's new ass stuff. Yeah, and I think we have something fun for today. So this would be great. A lot of fun. And then our second segment is a new segment we're calling, you're going to explain when we get there what this means, but Blazing Your Trail. Yes. Look, we're not going to tell you right now. We know some of you guys are running, so we want you to stay focused, keep breathing, right, left feet, you know, use your arms. But we'll get there and we'll explain a little bit about this new segment. But before we get to that, Stephen, we wanted to talk about a race, a real live in-person race we had this weekend. Yeah, Jeff, I think we are so fortunate to have live races and it was such a, a fun day and plus it was amazing weather. So yeah, we want to talk a little bit about that too because we had a lot of friends and people out there and a lot of people running trail races for the first time. This was called the Grasslands. It was held on the Lyndon B. Johnson Grasslands National Park, which is really cool. I've not been out there before, Steve. You'd run this race before. I have. Yeah, it was a great course and it is it's it's an it's an easier course in terms of elevation, but you do you do run through some grass and something that's unique about this is that there are cows on yeah, the trail i saw a big old bull out there yes they're like literally a whole herd of cows like yeah. and i was like okay well um just quietly run by them i guess you know what i noticed there was both grass and land so the grasslands uh, name made a total sense to me. You know, it's 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 a unique course. You you run. There's a lot of interestingly enough sand, which you wouldn't really think in a grasslands, but there's sand and and even though it's not hills, it, it does take it out of you a little bit. I was surprised by the sand, and it is harder to run in sand. It's a little slower. I'm used to slow, but even slower for me, <laughs> just kind of plodding through the sand. Yeah, the first half of it's that way, and it's a it's just one big loop. But what's unique too is in addition to the cat there's lots of gates <laughs> you and i were talking about this so you you run and then you have to open a gate 
close it and then put it closed again with like a chain link kind of thing and then you run some more and a couple miles later you got to go in another gate and out another gate so it's kind of a little bit i felt like an obstacle course racer honestly it did uh, yeah as a Clydesdale, it felt very natural to me actually <laughs> we just kind of pointed jeff in the direction and he's like what a gate it's pumping so, around yeah the gate look a gate but yeah it was really cool i think like i said there there were jeff lots of people we had some friends there that one lady it was her first time running uh, a trail race we were waiting in line to use a beacon of light and we'll talk about that in a second but another guy behind me it was his first time running a trail race so a lot of people were out you know getting ready to to run this race for the first time it's a really good first trail race because it because of the sand it's a little bit softer and i noticed and because i trip a lot and i noticed there weren't a lot of tripping hazards out there so and, and there was some vert up and down but nothing no huge climbs a couple maybe, but nothing major. No big rocks to climb up. No, nothing like Bandera were my first my first trail race. So I think it was really a perfect trail race for a new trail runner. Yeah, some of you guys that are out there in Colorado and Washington and Utah that are listening, uh, this would be a prairie for you. That's I mean, this true. any kind of elevation, you're like, what was that? A, that's just a rock I normally run under. But for us, it was it was a good sizable thing for us here in Texas. But we do need to talk about the beacon of light situation because it was a situation. Yeah, you know, so the beacon of light thing was really interesting. When you go to a trail race, there's it's something you have to deal with, right? We we all know that. But then as you stop and think about it, there's just there's a lot to consider, Jeff. I mean, I, I mean, we were both talking about like when do you go? Do you do you go right away? Do you go with your buddy even though you don't have to go? Um, do you go right before the race? I mean, it it can get very complicated very quickly. I've talked a little bit about this. My body used to shut down before a race, so yeah. the porta potty wasn't the beacon of light wasn't even a consideration. Right. But something changed and my body is now like a Dairy Queen soft serve machine right before a race. So right. I had to get in line pretty quickly. Yeah. I usually wait to the last minute, surprisingly, and then and then, shocking. <laughs> yeah. And then take off. But here was the interesting thing, Jeff. So many of you guys have experienced that. So this this race had several porta potty selections, but but they were grouped differently. Differently. So they had one that was just the one-on-one. It's like you you walk up, there's one porta potty, there's one line for that porta potty. So there was that one. You were in a different one where it was like the one to many. So there's one yes. line, but then there's a whole smorgasbord selection of porta potties. So there's different etiquette than that. And then there was even one <laughs> where there were two porta potties back to back on a trailer attached to a cage. So that was a little bit interesting. So we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit too. It was a porta potty teeter totter. It was so yes. It, I I actually used that one not thinking clearly, and I felt like it was like a little a little uh, seesaw thing. So it's like when you're up, you're up, and when you're down, you're down. But <laughs> I, neither halfway up, I was neither up or down. So yeah, I was I was engaged with this new idea of porta potty strategy because yeah. to your point, Stephen, there were three different options. Actually, four. I don't know if you noticed, there was actually a real bathroom like structure Ooh. to the left that no one really knew about so yeah. some people that did know about that got in line over there then there was the one bigger line for the three porta potty option and right. then the one to one as you mentioned and the teeter totter and my thought was i'm going to go to the longer line even though it's longer there's three porta potties because if you get stuck with one person in there for a long period of time at least you have the other two to rotate through. So that's that's the strategy I went with. That's true. You know, I think we were we were talking in line, and um, it's like 
the duration of the person ahead of you, if you're in the one to many or the the one on one, that could that could be a game changer, honestly, because you just assume if they're in there a little bit longer, you know, there could be a different result versus somebody who's uh, in and out pretty quickly. Yeah, what's your strategy, Stephen? Because I, I think you know when you go in the porta potty, I think everyone knows what's happening in there, but yeah. at the same time, you want to add a little bit of a deception. So what I do is I usually go in there and you know you you take care of your business. Don't want to get too you know too gross out here, but right. you take care of your business, and then I I tend to close the lid as if oh I didn't use that part. I used a little urinal part. I didn't even explore that other option. Yeah, then you know that's funny. That's so polite and kind of you. I like to keep them guessing. Honestly, I mean we all have that slum dog moment where you walk in and inevitably. You, you you look down you look down the hole. I mean, Isn't it weird? Uh, you, you, you can't help yourself. I know it's like morbid curiosity, and it's like, what's well, going on down there? Which, and you know what's going on down there, right? It was like, well, which one was the person that was from before? You know, it's it's a little hard to guess. So, I mean, come on, we've all been there. We we all we all have done that. So, I like to keep them guessing. Try to be as fast as possible, just because one, I, it's not the most enjoyable place to hang out. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> yeah, and some people, I don't know, Jeff. Do you do you hold your breath? Or or do you? This is one of the few times the mask actually comes in handy. That's you know, true. Because we did have to mask up for this race in certain areas, and I, I masked up for this particular experience. I was wondering why you had a mask on 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 your face, and then on your head, and then double wrapped. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So here's here's another question. So we talked about waiting in line, Jeff. So my question to you is: When you're in line, and let's just say that we're not together, or you're, you're somewhere, do you actually strike up conversations with people in front or behind you? I usually do, just because that's the trail running culture. Right. You know, we're all in this together, and, and everyone knows what's about to happen. Yeah. It's going to be explosive in some cases. <laughs> so you just kind of you just kind of run with it. I think it's fine. And that's why, again, I went with the one-to-many, because then you know, you're know you not next to that person necessarily. You may get the one to the left. They get to one to the right. No one really knows how long you've been in there, because you can't really track a bunch of them. Right. So that's why I go with that strategy. Yeah. I kind of am a little bit more selective, even though I probably want to talk. It kind of depends on how long I'm going to be in there, if you know what I mean. That's true. So if I'm going to be in there for a little longer, I feel like it's kind of bad if I strike up a conversation. Because, you know, in trail running and, and hiking, there's this um, this theme of leave no trace. Well, that, that didn't happen last yesterday. I, I mean, I felt bad. So this guy behind me, I was purposely talking to the people in front of me because I knew them. But the guy behind me, I, I didn't talk to a ton just because I'm like, he's going to look at me out on the run and go, that was that guy. It was that guy. It was that guy who did that. So <laughs> I, I try to be friendly, but sometimes I, I kind of draw the line depending on what's going to happen. Well, Stephen, this just goes to show you that this podcast is willing to talk about the topics that most podcasts are not willing to talk about. And, and you know what? We all have to face this. I mean, this is if you're in the single line and, and you're in the mini line or the one to one, the one that I really don't like either is the polite beacon blob. That's the one that usually are actually on the course. And there's just a whole bunch of people around it. And you're like, is it, you know, it's like the right of way, you know, it's like, did you, is it your turn? No, is it your turn? And you just kind of sit there and they're just kind of more hovering around the beacon. That's, that's just an unfortunate mess, honestly. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it is not the great thing there. So all of this etiquette is really important. So we'd like to, to hear from you guys on and what you feel like if there's an etiquette that we've, we've missed on that. But it was definitely a dilemma that we had to face through um, this weekend when we were running. We fought through it, Stephen. One last thing I would add, I think the first thing when I open the porta potty I look for is of course the amount of toilet paper. Yes. 
And fortunately for this one, well stocked, good to go. Everything worked out just fine. <laughs> and we had a great race. Yeah. No, that definitely is an important one. I was concerned about the one that I went on because it had the back-to-back and there was a cage. And I, I saw one roll of toilet paper in the cage just by itself. So I think if maybe it was a cage fight for the last roll or something. Oh, my. I don't know what that was about, but um, it was very interesting. Well, anyway, that's what's uh, that's the that's the buzz on the business, I guess. So um, <laughs> we just thought we'd kind of get it out there. So if you're going to be running races pretty soon, you might want to consider the lines you get in and if you want to talk to somebody. Yeah, go into the race, you know, prepared. And part of that preparation is porta potty strategy. What is it? The three P's, you know, prepared, pace, and porta potties. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen, with that, let's get on with episode number 34 of The Big Ass Runner. Please don't squeeze my Charmin. Don't hold her so tight. You'd best keep my warning. It's my last one tonight. Well, Stephen, back by popular demand because it's just such a great service to the big ass runner community out there, and it is called Stephen's New Ass Stuff. Yeah, we try to look at gear and talk about a little bit. Again, this is a show for the everyday runner, so we're not going to give you any heavy guides, but you know, just some of our our experiences and interaction with gear. And we're going to do something a little bit differently. But, but Jeff, before we get started, I heard a little rumor. I heard that you're you're kind of um, dating other shoes. Yes, uh, yeah, I'm a shoe horse. Of course, as a Clydesdale, what else would I be? Right. And I tend to really like the Hoka. Yeah, the speed goat in particular, but I am, uh, you know, I am, I'm experimenting a little bit with another shoe. Really? Now, does does your speed goat know that, or have you just kind of kept him apart? We've we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, coffee and and we had coffee. You know, I, I feel I like transparency and honesty. Right. And I said, look, you're a speed goat. Okay, <laughs> I'm a Clydesdale. <laughs> I feel a kinship with this new shoe called the Nike Wild Horse. You know that makes that makes sense. I I could see you. You know, one first of all, thanks for not doing it over text message. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I thought about it. Yeah, well, you're you're a bigger man than that, so that's I'm, I appreciate that you you did that. So so you I know that you've been kind of you know seeing other shoes and, and the wild horse is probably more in the same family as you. So did you run in those this weekend? Or I mean, I'm kind of curious now because I've heard these rumors and actually your Hocus texted me and, and asked me what was going on. They I, texted. They. They texted, yeah. So. Didn't have a, the, the nerve to call you directly. <laughs> right. No, I did not run in them this weekend. Ooh. I did not. Do tell. Yes. I ran in the Hoka Speedgoats. Uh-huh. Those are my shoe of choice for longer. And I've got a comfort level. Right. You know, we're on the same page. Mm. We've had these deep discussions. Right. That always goes well for me. So I was like, why risk it? Right. Why try something new? Let's just, let's stick with what got us here. Okay. So no, I did not run in the Wild Horse. I have been training in them a little bit. Now, actually, Stephen, I'm going to blame you a little bit for this little... Uh, what what what's the word I want to use? This little flirtation, Escap- this escapade, yes, <laughs> this escapade with the wild horse. Yeah, I'm blaming you because you said, "Hey, Jeff, 
REI's got the sale on Nike Wild Horse. They're only $99. You got to get some. And you, I've already got some. Yes, that's true. Just because you've ordered doesn't mean you can't look off the menu. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's that's something that's fair. And so I, I have my shoe as well. And I, I, I saw these and I was like, these are cool looking. I actually had heard other people that had been dating the Wild Horse as yeah. well. Um, some elite athletes and then some non-elite athletes. And yeah. I'm like, well, they're on sale. They look cool. So why not try them? And so, you know, I, you know, I recommended them to you. I mean, I thought it's like, hey, this is a, this is a nice looking shoe. Because you date Nikes when you road run. I do, which is really odd. So yes, thanks for pointing that out. So when I do road run, I, I do, I, I, I like, I like to have options. So I, I do use Nikes on those, which is surprising to me because I usually, only prefer Nikes for just like fashion or fun, you know. Like you take you take Nikes to the prom, but you just you don't always. Yeah, it's not it's not your steady. I feel a little bit left out to dry, Stephen, because you bought your wild horse <laughs> and said, "Jeff, you should buy some." I bought mine. Yes, you got yours and immediately returned them. I did. I wore them around the house for like two days and felt that they were as hard as rocks. And I was like. <laughs> I think these are these are hoofs. These are these are horseshoes. That's about as comfortable as I thought they were. They look awesome. They're cool looking shoes. And again, I did in full disclosure, I did not run in them. Although you can and take them back at RAI, but I did not. I'm like, yeah, these just. But I think I did it so fast. By the time you got yours, mine was already back at RAI. Already back. Well, here's what I like about the Wild Horse. They fit really well. Uh, they've got this little sock around the edge, so they really they fit my hooves really, really well. <laughs> and they're lighter. They're, they are a harder shoe, mm-hmm. but compared to Hoka, what's not? Right. I mean, that's like running on a bed of marshmallows. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's like a s'more. It's like a s'more. <laughs> the one thing I don't like about them, and the hardness is okay, for I think for shorter runs, I wouldn't probably wear them for longer runs, which is why I did not wear them this weekend. Right. Even though you know, it wasn't a super long run, it was a half marathon. The one thing I don't like about them, they've got lugs on the bottom that are pretty hard, and they come up around the edges. Really? And I'm not the most precise runner in the world, and sometimes my foot clips my other leg or calf, Wow! and you'll get a little lug in the calf action, and that's not... That's not the best feeling in the world, right? So I guess you're saying you don't you don't lug that 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 feature. I don't lug that feature at all. No, no I think I might rethink that <laughs> lug feature. Yeah, no, yeah, I I get it, and and they are good shoes. I'm just proud that you're actually wearing something because these these have neon colors, and you're more of a traditional color. Yeah, person. they're a little out there for me, fashion wise. <laughs> I I kind of like that. I mean, I feel like I feel kind of accomplished now now that you have something like that. But. These are neon green and yellow <laughs> and black, and you know, at least there's some black in there i do like that that in a shoe so right yeah i do feel a little cooler wearing them actually yeah you're you're a little conservative in your color choices but you are very fashionable but it's kind of fun to see you wearing neon shoes yeah it's a little different for me but i like it i like it but yeah i think i'll wear them quite a bit for training runs but and rotate them through with my hokas right but the speed goats will still be my long shoe of choice that'll be your that'll be the ones you go steady with huh that's right i'm going steady baby (laughs) all right well jeff we thought we would do something a little little bit different since it is springtime and nice weather we thought we would do a little bit different version of something for today and we do have a lot of listeners Stephen, including latvia a lot of international listeners 
Shout out to Trevor, by the way, out in Ireland. Yes. So we wanted to say, hey, what's popular in the States right now, I don't know if you knew this, Stephen, uh-huh. is March Madness. Yes, it is. It's March great. college basketball. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I love that word. Yeah. You, it ha- this is one where it deserves a fantastic. So yeah, so March Madness is basketball playoffs for college, and usually there's these big brackets and stuff. So we thought, Jeff, that we would do our own bracket for the top trail running shoe brands. Yeah, just brands, not particular models, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. We're not we're not into models. We're just talking about shoes, Jeff. <laughs> you're, you're not into models. No, yeah. So so yeah. So what we're gonna do is this. We're gonna we're gonna select our elite eight. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna have two categories, like two divisions. We're gonna have the big division and then the ass division. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. What we're gonna do is we are going to kind of come up with our elite eight. And then, Jeff, you and I are going to debate, and we're going to kind of stack rank. I think you're going to take the big division. I'll take the ass division. Okay. And what we'll do is we'll we'll basically seed our, our shoes. Like a bracket. A bracket. And then what we're going to do all week on social media is I'm going to post the shoes, like the one seed versus the four seed. We're going to go until we crown a big-ass shoe brand. Ooh. And it'll be our own version of March Madness. Like a national champion. A national shoe, shoe champion. For, wow. For, but here's the great thing is you guys decide who your champion is. The big-ass herd does? The big-ass herd decides who it is. So keep it fair, keep it civil and polite, but we are going to go deep on this. If you follow March Madness, there's 64 teams, which is a lot of teams. Right. But that 65th, that 66th, 67th, they're always upset. We got left out. We should have been in. So we're going to name all the potential shoe brands that could make the Elite Eight, and then we're going to pick our Elite Eight. Is that right, Stephen? That's exactly right. So we're going to do that, and we will kind of let you guys know. So here's some ones. We, we did consult with the data scientists, and they did compile a list for us. So let me make sure that we have that list for you guys. Okay, so here's here's some of the, the shoes. There's Adidas. There is Nike. We have North Face, Brooks, Asics. Did you know they even make running shoes? Do they? I, guess. I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't either. Under Armour. There is La Sportiva. Oh, fancy. Yes, I know. Um, Columbia Montreal, Innovate, Saucony, New Balance. Solomon. Solomon, Ultra, Hoka. Uh- and a new one to the list, even North Face. North Face. And yeah, and I think the last one is Brooks. Awesome. Gotcha. So there are the ones that we're going to consider. So now what we need to do, Jeff, is we need to kind of pick our Elite Eight. I think having a, a bracket of Sweet 16, I think we need to just kind of narrow it down for too much time. I yeah, mean, we, can, we can do that as a service to the Big S Runner community out there. Yeah. All right. So, Steven, we're going to pick the Elite Eight, and I get the first pick. Yeah, so we need to eliminate a few of these. So which which ones do we need to eliminate before we get to the Elite Eight? Well, I, I think I would probably knock out Under Armour and Puma, just because okay. I don't think of them as trail running shoe brands. I think you're right. So let's get rid of Puma, and let's get rid of Asics. This one, you know, Jeff, I, I don't know about you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there, but... I, I would like to get rid of Adidas. For some reason, Ooh, in my mind... Controversial. I know. I think they make good shoes. I've never been a personal Adidas fan, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's right. I, I don't think of them, again, as, as trail running shoes. I, I, I like Adidas as a brand, but I don't think of them as trail running. Yeah. Okay. Let's get, let's get rid of them. So we got rid of Puma, Asics... Under Armour. I, Under said, Armour. I said Armour, Under Armour earlier. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't know they even made shoes. I know. Yeah. I didn't either. I mean, can you see The Rock running in shoes? 
I mean, no. that, that seems controversial itself. I mean, there <laughs> might be rocks, but not the rocks. But not the rock. Right. Okay, so there's a couple other ones. These might be, this might be a little bit biased just because of the fact that we don't see them very much. But Columbia Montreal, I know that's popular over in Europe. I just don't see that a lot in the States. So again, I'm going to do confirmation bias that I, I don't know those brands very well. Okay. Yeah. So what about you? Any Any other one? Uh, probably La Sportiva, just because we don't see a lot of them here in the states either. Although, yeah, it may be a popular shoe worldwide, so maybe maybe we're missing out on that one. But that's one I would probably eliminate. Okay, all right. So that leaves us then with Ultra, Hoka, Brooks, North Face. Some of you guys that are playing along at home as you're running. Nike, Solomon. New Balance, and I think Saucony. Is that right? That's it. All right. So now what we need to do, Jeff, is we've got our Elite Eight. Congratulations to all of you. For some of you guys that were didn't make it into the tournament, we're really sorry. There's always next year. Um, <laughs> just keep trying hard and keep keep running your ass off, and uh, maybe you'll make it into our Elite Eight. Okay, Stephen. So with that, I get the first pick. Is that right? Yeah. So you get the first pick, and what we're going to do, Jeff, is you're going you're gonna to pick your, uh, your big division. I'll pick my ass division, and then we need to seed the one through four. All right, Stephen. So for my first seed, my number one seed is I got to go with Hoka. All right. That, you know, that's fair. I think that's a, that's a good one. Hoka is definitely a good brand and, and we, we both run in those. All right, Jeff. So since you took Hoka, I think I will take Ultra. Oh, nice pick. Yeah. So I think they've been around a little bit longer. They're super popular. I've run in them before. So I'm going to take that as my as my one seed. All right, my number two seed is going to be a little controversial, but okay. I, just because I've been enjoying the wild horse, I'm going Nike. Really? It's my number two seed. I, I feel like your bracket is already going to be at, at odds with each other. I mean, after Probably the, so. I think I think uh, Nike is going to have to have some talks with Hoka. I, I want to see that play off, honestly. <laughs> There's going to be some hair flying around and all kinds of stuff on that one. All right, so if you're going to take that, I'm going to go with something that's kind of a newer brand. I'm going to actually go with North Face. Ooh, good pick. Okay, here's the reason why. Because North Face, um, typically people don't necessarily think about them running shoes. But Jeff, they have that new shoe that has the carbon plate in it. Yeah, I remember I, I ran into Caroline on the trail back in Huntsville. She was wearing those. They are awesome. They're sharp. They're pretty popular. I, I think that's going to be a game changer. So I'm going to take North Face. That was actually going to be my next pick. So way to go, Steven. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> All right, well, since you're picking that, I'm going to pick a little bit of a maybe upset okay. alert here. Is number, this a dark horse? Maybe a dark horse. This is my third seed. I'm going with my number three seed as Saucony. Really? Yes. And mainly because when I watched the Olympic trials for the marathon, mm -hmm. they were all wearing Sauconies. I know those are tend to be more road shoes, but I think they've actually converted to, to trails pretty well as well. So I'm going to go with Saucony. Okay. No, that's a, that's solid. I think to combat your Saucony that's probably newer to the trail systems, I'm going to say Brooks. I've Ooh, seen Brooks. a lot more Brooks come up, and I think uh, I think they're an up-and-coming one. I've seen more people post about it. Yeah. And they have their whole, like, run happy thing. So I think think that's going to be popular. That's what my strategy is now, Jeff. This one, I think, is going to be is going to be popular, I think. Good pick. That leaves me with either Solomon or New Balance, and I'm going to go with Solomon. I think I think of Solomon as more of a trail shoe than New Balance, so I'm so going wise. Solomon. I know, so, so wise. So wise, Solomon. The wisdom of Solomon. Picking Solomon is such a wise thing to do, so 
All right, so if you're going to go Solomon, I'm happy with New Balance. I think there's four people that wear them on the trail. All four of them looked like they were doing really well yesterday. Right, exactly. So I'm going to go with New Balance. And all kidding aside, New Balance has been around for a while. They're an American-made company. And Jeff, they have fresh foam. They have fresh foam? They have fresh foam. They don't sell stale foam. They have fresh foam, and uh, it's supposed to be like funky fresh. I, I like that in my coffee and my shoes. <laughs> it's fresh foam. That's right. Absolutely. All right. All right. So here's what we have. So we have, we've seated our, our top list, and what we'll do is we will start our bracket on Monday when the, when the show drops. And Jeff, why don't you go ahead and, and just give us your one through four seed, and then I'll give you mine, and then you guys can play at home. But we really need everybody to do is vote. And so we'll do that via Instagram poll. And then each day we'll kind of update everybody on where we are. And we don't know. Will the big division win? Will the ass division win? We we'll see. We don't know. We'll see if the ass division gets behind or not. We can go for there. So Jeff, why don't you go ahead and list out your first one through four? Here's my first round matchups. Hoka will be playing Solomon in the first round. Okay. And then an up and comer, Nike playing Saucony. It's going to be a tough one. All right. Well, I have I have Ultra who will be playing New Balance. Then I have North Face taking on Brooks. So I think this is going to be interesting. I think this we're going to we're going to see who the, who the new big ass runner trail shoe champion of the world is. I'm really interested in the Nike Saucony and North Face Brooks matchups. I think those are going to be tightly contested. Yeah, I think so. Who would you say would be your Cinderella if you had a glass slipper, pun intended? Which one would that be for you? I'm going to say North Face because of the way they look and because of the technology. That's hard to beat those two. They just haven't been around. I mean the Brand's been around a lot right. in outdoors, but the shoe hasn't. So that's the one I'm looking at. Yeah, I think that's why I'm interested in that North Face Brooks challenge as well, too, because Brooks is is not new, but they're newer to, to trail running. But I've seen a lot of momentum on there. People really like those shoes for comfort. All right, well, we've got some things to go. This will be fully controversial. Last week, there was the, the Barkley Marathons. This week, you have Big Ass Runner March Madness <laughs> Shoe Challenge to see which division wins. Oh, it's going to be so interesting. Well, we hope you're excited for the bracket. This was Steven's New Ass Stuff. Looking at the devil. Grinning at his gun. Well, Stephen, one of the things we absolutely love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. And we've got a really special one. This one's very close to my heart. This week, we have Danny Matthews. Danny is a longtime loyal listener. She is amazing. And Jeff, we, well, actually, you saw her. As, she doesn't know that you, if you really exist or not, Stephen. Yeah, so real quickly, every time that uh, Danny is local, every time she sees Jeff, I, I'm either not there or I actually was actually in the porta potty, I think. Yeah, you were in the, the teeter totter porta potty. I was, I was in the teeter totter playground porta potty when, when you saw her. So, but yeah, she was at the, the race this weekend. And Jeff, I think she did pretty well. Okay, this was her first. So she's been a road runner mm-hmm. in the past, and she started listening to the show and got interested in trail running. Has been been training a little bit in trails. This was her very first trail race, and get this, Stephen. She not only did she PR, she was going to PR anyway, right? It was her right. first trail race. Yes, but she PR'd her half marathon time, regardless of trail or road. That's amazing. That really is pretty cool because usually you can add a few more minutes on per mile. You can translate it from road to trail, but hundred percent, especially the sandy soil. Yeah, sandy and all that those grasslands and fighting off cows and stuff. So. 
Man, that is awesome. Danny, Danny, if you don't know her, she is Unicorn Eats Pancakes on Instagram. I would have to say that unicorns eat trails for breakfast now because All she day long. totally killed it this, this weekend. If you don't follow Danny on Instagram, you certainly should. She's hilarious. She's a fun follow. She did awesome this weekend. Way to go, Danny. Steven, I'm really excited about this new segment. We're calling it Blazing Your Trail. And you might think, oh, Blazing Your Trail, like we're going to be off running off somewhere, doing something crazy. But there's actually a little bit of a deeper meaning to Blazing Your Trail. Yeah, we're not talking about bushwhacking here. I mean, that's definitely, there's no machetes involved and that kind of stuff. But yeah, there's actually a term called blaze. And it's an, it's an older term. And it does relate to trail running. And Blazing really refers to something, Jeff, that we're, when people were like either pioneering or people that were working in the lumber industry or back in the day when people were exploring, there was this idea of blazing a tree. And really what that really means, Jeff, is it's just an intentional mark that you put on a tree. Back then, they would use an axe or something like that where they would remove the bark to purposely cause a small scar on on the tree but it was really intended for you to actually know how to get your way back and to have a, a kind of like a signpost and it also helped other people to know what was up ahead i mean and there's all kinds of cool things about different markings you can put on trees with two things mean this and that but it was a whole kind of industry that people would do back that now they have signs and all of you guys know when you're on trails there's different ways but back then they didn't really have that so that term is called blaze and it's, we thought it'd be really kind of cool because it relates to trail running. But this new segment um, really has some, some deeper meaning to it. It does have deeper meaning. And I think where, what made me think of a segment like this, Stephen, is I have the same usual thought when I'm out on a race. This weekend is a great example. Is It's a half marathon. And I'm running along. And I always have these same thoughts. Man, I wish I'd trained better. Mm-hmm. Man, I wish I'd had a better or tighter diet. And I've said this to you a lot, Stephen. Like, I'm working out a lot. I'm running a lot. But my diet, I just can't get my diet in gear. And I, and I just was self-reflecting on why is that? Yeah. Why is that? I want the certain milestone or lifestyle or whatever. But am I willing to orient my lifestyle to get that result. And it's very frustrating. I think we all deal with this, right? This isn't just no. you know, Jeff. This isn't <laughs> just Steven. Like everyone listening is probably nodding their head going, yeah, it's a frustrating thing. It's something we all deal with. So we thought, man, it would be really cool to have a segment where we can dive a little bit deeper. Yeah. And this is just kind of honest talk that we struggle with. And just like every, like you said, Jeff, everybody struggles with it in a certain way. And I think for trail running in particular, we all want to do better. I mean, nobody... I think everybody who runs trails are pretty motivated people. Like you said, there's there's a why behind that. But we always want to improve and, and to get better. But the consistency is sometimes hard to do. And I think it all boils down to habits. You know, habits are not things that just sort of happen by happenstance. <laughs> but I think habits are intentional. And as I started thinking about habits... I started to think, well, why do I have certain habits and and why do I not have other habits? And as I started to evaluate my life, and I've heard it, you know, really good saying that it's hard to evaluate anything you don't measure. Right. And if I start to measure my time throughout a day, 
Stephen, you'd probably look at my time log and go, "Wow, Jeff, you must really, <laughs> you must really think YouTube videos are important, or that new Netflix series is important." And it's not that you, those things aren't aren't fine, right? But where you spend your time and how you prioritize your time, I think, is important, and I think that's where good quality habits come in. It's, it's really true, and I think uh, habits are they're hard to to build, and they're very hard to 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 maintain. But once you can kind of get them solidified. I think that they really do help you in, in whatever those goals are. So one book I'm reading right now, Stephen, is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And the, really the principle behind the book is we tend to fill our lives with things. Like we all have 24 hours in a day. Right. And we tend to always be in a hurry. If I say, hey, Stephen, how are things going? Oh, Jeff, I'm just busy. <laughs> so busy. I'm right? just busy. We're all busy, 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 busy. But if we, again, if, I, if we logged our time and really looked at it, there are probably some things in our life we could ruthlessly eliminate. And I like that word ruthlessly because it's not just a casual thing. It's probably a very intentional thing. So if, as I've started to kind of reflect on how I spend my time, right. there was a stat in the book I think is, is staggering, but I totally agree with. It said, if you're an iPhone user, you touch your iPhone over 2,600 times a day. Are you serious? Even as we're recording this... <laughs> I've grabbed my phone several times just out of habit. Right. Like you just like, oh, is someone, you know, texted me or, or said something on Instagram? I, I just, it's a habit I've formed to grab my phone. And if I'm doing it 2,600 times a day, what if I did it a thousand times? How much more time would I have right. to maybe do the things that are more important? And the other thing I was thinking about is that I think it all ladders back to our why. And we've talked about our why a lot. Mm -hmm. If you're really clear on your why, then you would orient your time in your life around those things that are going to help you get to your why. Yeah. And I think that's what I love about that book, Jeff, was because, you know, you were talking about it's ruthless elimination. Because it's it's in front of us so much, you kind of almost have to be ruthless a little bit in order to achieve what, what you want. We all love technology and phones. We're not, we're not saying it's bad, but it's like more to what you're saying is, you know, what are those goals or things you really, really want to do? What are the most important ones? I would say for me, if you look at, if, if you ask me something, I would say it's this, but if I showed you, it might look like Netflix, you know? So exactly. And, and again, it's not that we don't want those. It's like, how do you get your say and your do together? You know, there's a thing called say do ratio, you know, it's like, how do you get those a little bit closer together? You know, one thing I love about trail running, it's an endurance sport. And if you're doing any kind of an ultra run, especially, this is a multi-hour, sometimes a multi-day race, mm -hmm. right? It's not a sprint. It's not a hundred yard dash where it's over like that. And I think ultra runners are kind of have that mindset of plodding along that grit. You know, I think a lot of things that, that you want to get out of life take time, mm -hmm. but we're living in such a quick world. Like everything is fast, fast, fast. Like I want to lose weight tomorrow right uh, you know I, I started going to the gym because i wanted to build a little bit more muscle as i get older i know it's it's important to keep your muscle you are looking a little buff oh my gosh am i ever <laughs> and you know you go in like i've been in the gym for a week why why am i not seeing you know bigger muscles where's my six pack where's right? my six pack or right. you know, i want to lose weight tomorrow everything is in this world so fast i think social media is part of that we want instant results but then i started thinking about you know with ultra marathoners we kind of understand the the length and the endurance and and those just those milestones that you get to. I you know for me I go I go aid station to aid station like just what's that next milestone? And so it really made me think. Right. I think that's true in life too. There's milestones. And you know, if I, if I want to get my diet in order, 
well, let's, let's order today. Let's get today in order and then tomorrow and, and the next day and the next day. And that'll build on itself. And I'm not going to see an instant result, but over time, right. I'm going to see progress. Yep. No, I, I think that's so important. And I think it's just that having that goal in mind and doing what you can do now. And like you said, it's a long haul. And I think that's why Charlie Racing is a good analogy. They, they call them milestones for a reason because <laughs> yeah. they're at miles and you, you mark that off and then you go to the next one. Well, it made me think, we have such great listeners, uh, Stephen, and it made me think of Kelly Hahn, who was on episode number 25. If you remember, she helped us with some core exercises, mm-hmm. and Kelly is a personal trainer. So I asked Kelly, hey, does, does this resonate with you? Because she works with people you know, who are trying to get results. So I asked Kelly to share a little bit about her, her experience in this area. So here's Kelly Hahn. Hi, this is Kelly Hahn. I'm a big-ass runner, personal trainer, and health coach from Denver, Colorado. One of the biggest challenges that I find when working with clients is that they want the quick fix without putting in the work. They want to lose 20 pounds, but don't want to change the way they eat. Or they want to see muscle definition, but don't want to lift heavy because it's just hard. Or they want to run a 10K, but they get frustrated when they go out for the first run, can't run a 10K yet, can't even make it a mile, or they don't want to carve out the time to do their training runs. So one way I've helped my clients to overcome these difficulties and obstacles is by helping them prioritize their goals. First, we'll sit down and we create SMART goals. SMART stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. Then we create smaller goals, which act as the stepping stones that lead in the direction of the larger goal. The main key in all of making change is to create habits. So through the smaller goals, we begin to build habits that will allow the person to not only obtain the goal, but then maintain it into the future. Um, If you don't create the habits, you may be able to reach your goal still. For example, you might go on a very strict diet and be able to keep it up for a few months. Maybe you lose that 20 pounds, but then due to the extremeness of the diet, you're not able to maintain it much longer. So you end up going back to the old ways of eating because you haven't built those new habits yet. So you inevitably, you regain the 20 pounds that you just killed yourself to lose. So if you take a slower approach make just one small change at a time, create the habits around the change, then you're creating a healthier lifestyle instead of a temporary band-aid to address the issues. It's important to understand this and to take the time to enjoy the journey, to celebrate the little wins, and to understand that there there will be setbacks along the way. But the more you address those setbacks and problems and look to find solutions versus making excuses, the more likely you will be to reach that big goal and be able to ultimately maintain the changes that you set out to make. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Kelly is so great. And she, if you want to follow her on Instagram, she's at run underscore lift underscore laugh. And you will laugh if you follow Kelly because she's a, she's a great follow and she's a great personal trainer. And if you're interested in personal training, I would definitely look up Kelly. I think she maybe even does some training virtually as well, Stephen. Yeah, no. And that's really, really good advice. And, and I think Kelly's definitely a trusted source there, but I think you can't, you just can't achieve everything at one time. You have to set out some things and, and look at it incrementally. So let's talk a little bit, Stephen, about habits, because I think that's where I've landed on a lot of these things around trying to increase my running capacity and get my diet in a little bit better place. And there's some other personal goals outside of of trail running that I'm wanting to accomplish. And I think it all, as Kelly pointed out, all boils down to habits. 
Yeah, it's funny. You know, we, we, we really weren't talking about this a whole lot, but you were reading that book, and I'm actually finishing up a book that's pretty popular called Atomic Habits. Ooh, Atomic uh, Habits. Yes. Boom. <laughs> They're so explosive. But this book is, is really amazing because it actually talks about this, and, and the author uses sport, Jeff, as one of the first examples. And so basically the idea of it is aggregation of marginal gains. So just doing little things over time, just little improvements over time can actually really add up and make a big difference. It's kind of like what, what Kelly was talking about. One of the examples they give is they did a study on the uh, on the British-UK racing team. Now, their resume, Jeff, again, was not very good in the past. They were mediocre at best. They had never won a Tour de France. This is around cycling and stuff. They had, they've been around for over 100 years, but only had meddled one time. And that was in a hundred years, a hundred years. Yeah. The last time that they had meddled was basically 1908 and their history of losing was pretty prolific. Essentially. That was before I was born, Stephen. just, just a few years before that. So yeah, as you can see, they didn't really have a, a great resume, but then they, they hired this guy to come in and say, you know what, we're not going to come in and, and just start changing everything. We're not going to make these huge, you know, jumps and leaps. They started just doing little things. And so they just called them like 1% little improvements. So again, it's that idea of uh, aggregation of mar marginal gains. So they just looked at the tires and made some slight changes to that. They looked at different kinds of shorts. They put biofeedback sensors into things. And there's all this kind of technology that they had, but they didn't really do all that. They just made little what might seem obscure changes. They they taught them how to wash their hands better so that way they'd get less sick. They tested different massage gels. They had different pillows for each rider and that kind of stuff. And so again, they kept on doing all the same things that they were doing. And the coach said, you know, if we just make these little changes, just 1% changes over time, we think that we can become a better team in about five years. And people were really skeptical about that. They didn't really know. But in, in the moment, these changes, Jeff, they don't seem significant. They just seem like, okay, I'm, I'm doing these 1% things over and over and over again. But in the moment, they don't seem significant. Like, I just want to, like Kelly's saying, I just want to get better. I just want to do this. And I, I want to make 20% or 30% changes. They didn't do that. They just picked a whole bunch of different categories and just did little 1% changes. Well, after that, they started just thinking about things. They did simple changes. They, they used uh, indoor racing suits for outside just because they knew that there was just a little bit better. But get this, after these years of doing that, they actually did get better and they did win. And it wasn't in five years. It was actually in three years. And since then, they've actually won five out of the last six Tour de France's that they entered. And Bradley Wiggins actually won the Tour de France in 2012 wow. for the first time since 100 years. And so... Again, that's a cool story from sport, but I think, you know, we think about trail running and what you were just talking about in terms of just, you know, how do we get those habits going? It just really, the, the book boils it down to this. It's like just commitment. Anybody can commit to 1%. Like you were talking about time on the phone. Like you said, well, imagine if I just, you know, spent instead of 2000 hours, what if I had spent 1800, right. I mean, just little things you know, over time can do that. And so it's just commitment and then picking those little things. And there's this compounding thing that happens as you, as you do it. And it doesn't happen all in one day. And in the moment they seem so insignificant, but over time they really add up. And 
from that story from athletics, I think us, and I've been trying to do that as well too, is like, okay, eliminate some sweets. I've been trying to not do sugar or processed foods. And I'm just doing, trying and do it for a couple of days, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then just do that. And, and then, you know, just kind of work on things individually. And I think that's how you get better. I think for me, Jeff, is we, Sometimes we all think about this and, and we're like, oh, we get so frustrated because we, we fail or we don't see these big improvements. And what really comes home in this book and on topic habits, it's just little things over time can really have big results, but don't expect to see anything in the moment. It's going to seem completely insignificant. Why am I doing this? This isn't helping. It's not working. But over time, you can totally see from this case study, and he has many more in the book of how that really has helped individuals, especially in sport. I love that, Stephen. I love the one percent, you know, incremental improvements. I think one thing I'm going to do. I'm trying to get really practical here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we all struggle with this. Right now, my phone is connected to my Garmin, so every time I get a text ah. or a message or an, you know Instagram, it my my watch buzzes. And what happens when my, my watch buzzes? <laughs> I look down at my watch and I check my phone. I'm going to disconnect that. Ooh. I think that's my one percent incremental change I'm going to make. I bet that's going to make a big difference. Yeah, that's really cool. I think yeah, I think things like that are are totally worth it. And, you know, I, what I'm going to try to do as well too is just like so I have certain days I'm not eating sugar. I'm going to try to add a little bit more. I just know that I. I feel better when I don't do that. And I, again, that's just a personal thing. Um, and I love sugar, but I Me also too. know, I know that it's, as I'm getting older, it's not the, the right thing. So just little things over time, I think it really helps. I'm going to try to take that up to the next level a little bit. Well, if you're out there listening and you struggle too with some of these things, hopefully this is this conversation has been helpful and maybe some of these resources will be helpful, but Steven, I'm committing to just make those 1% incremental daily changes. I think it's going to make a big difference. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, if you mess up, that's okay. That's why you're in it for the long haul. It's why there's milestones. And I think that's kind of the the essence of what a trail runner is. If you don't hit a pace in a certain race, I know this weekend I was like really trying to maintain, be consistent. And I was, and I'm like, okay, I sped up a little bit too much. I had to slow it back down or a little too fast. But over time, I actually averaged what I wanted to average. So you're going to have those slip ups. You're going to, you're going to do things, but just being consistent, thinking about just marginal gains over time, I think can really add up. That's great, Stephen. Well, with that, that is our new segment called Blazing Your Trail. Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 34. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lauren, for doing the introduction. Congratulations to Danny for your great PR and your trail race. And, and we'll be posting on social media the uh, the shoe bracket. So we hope everybody participates. We are going to crown a winner, Jeff. It is March Madness. and we, crazy. We're jumping in with both feet. Yes, we are. Literally. Yes, and thanks also to Kelly Hahn for sharing some of her wisdom nuggets with us uh, around habits and, and how to how to break those down into bite-sized pieces. Really appreciate 
that as well. Steven, is there anything we would ask of our big ass runner herd out there? Yeah, one thing I think that really helps a lot is wherever you listen to the podcast, it's available everywhere. You can use your smart speaker or whatever. One thing that would really help us as we continue to grow because we have just been so thankful and fortunate to have so many listeners lately. And and, uh, we just want to say welcome to the herd. One thing that really helps is when you're able to write a review. I think Apple Podcasts is probably the best way. If you can just rate the show, write a review and subscribe to it, that really helps out a lot because, again, the data scientists have tried to explain to us that the algorithms, when that happens, uh, we rank differently on Apple iTunes. And when that happens, they tell us that more people can hear about the podcast. So if you like the podcast, you listen to it, then let us let us know. And a review is probably the best way to do that. Well, thank you so much for listening. That wraps up episode number 34. Until then, get out there, enjoy the trails. And keep running your asses off. They're really planning ahead. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Okay. But before we get to that, Stephen, we wanted to talk about a race that we had this past weekend. Yeah, you know, Jeff. Say that again. I'm not voice. I love you. (laughs) Scooby Shaz. Like a Dairy Queen soft serve machine, right? And I feel a little bit let out. I feel a little bit. What's the word I'm looking for? Left out to dry. Uh Yeah. And we're going to go until we corral. So, the. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. This is a new version of Steven's New Ass Stuff. And with that, Steven, that's Steven's New Ass Stuff. <laughs> so with that segment was called Steven's New Ass Stuff. <laughs> hey, Steven, what was that segment called? I'm not sure. Was it Steven's New Ass Stuff? A day. And I, easy enough. Easy enough. Well, Steven, I don't know where I'm going. Uh, oh.